This week on the Autodesk Game Dev Podcast, we talk with Wojciech Pieko, lead game designer, Dominika Stala, also a game designer, and Sebastian Splutska, environment artist, all from Bluebird Team. The team chats with us about their new cyberpunk psychological horror game, Observer, including the game design process, as well as their thoughts on the cyberpunk genre, and the basic workflow between design teams and art teams. Enjoy the show. Hey, everybody. Welcome to another Autodesk Game Dev podcast. This is your host, Matthew Doyle. And today, I'm very excited to have with us Bloober Team. Bloober Team from Krakow, Poland. And Bloober Team's previous title was Layers of Fear today, though we're going to be talking about their new game, Observer, a cyberpunk horror title. Observer was rated by Game Informer as one of the top 10 cyberpunk games of all time. Set in a dystopian future, starring the voice acting of Rutger Hauer, you play Detective Dan Lazarski. Rutger Hauer, you may be familiar with. Rutger Hauer was uh, in the Blade Runner movie, the first one. Great actor, great movie, great genre. I'm a very big cyberpunk fan here and very excited to talk to Bloober Team today about Observer. Hopefully they can give us some insights into how they built the game, what tools they used, and, and any other kind of information they might want to offer us today. So at this time, we'll go ahead and welcome Bloober Team to the show. Bloober Team, welcome to the show, everyone. Hello. Hello. Hi, so why don't we just go around the room. Now, you know I'm going to have a hard time pronouncing your last names, but uh, I'm going to give it a shot. But let's go around the room and have you introduce yourselves, talk a little bit about your background in games, just kind of a brief summary of how you got started and what you do there at Bloober Team and what you did on Observer. So today we have with us the lead game designer for Observer, and that is Wojciech Pieko. And again, I've probably butchered the name, but you, you, know, you can say it again for everyone. And then we also have with us Sebastian Spluska, the environment uh, and environment artist on the game, and finally Dominika Stala, uh, a game designer on the title as well. So again, welcome to the show, everyone. Let's go ahead and go around the room and just kind of you, you can pick who you want to go first and talk a little bit about your background and how you got into this and whatnot. Okay, so maybe I'll start. I'm Wojciech, and I I'm Observer's lead designer. I just want to say that. Uh, for me, uh, as a part of the Bluebird team, the Observer was the first game, so uh, I joined the company just to make this game, <laughs> and it happened, <laughs> and now I'm here. Great. Well, I think you're giving yourself, you're cutting yourself a little short there. I mean, from what I looked at on your LinkedIn profile, you do have a pretty interesting background. Uh, obviously, it says you've done some lecturing on game design and whatnot. And uh, did you work at a? Do you have you worked on any other? Uh, in any other game companies prior to that? You said this was your first studio? Yes. No, no, no. I'm, I'm working in a game dev for, I think, nine years. Okay. So I, start, I started uh, in the company called Game Lion. It's now called Huge Games, and they just rebrand everything, and now they are making uh, online casinos. But during my time, they was making a small mobile games. So when I first joined... Uh, the game dev industry. Uh, I was working on on ports of some games. You know that was the time when there was a, a lot of a lot of different mobile devices. So the biggest big companies was uh, hiring us to port their game port their games. So for example, we get the game for the Nokia 95, and we have to make it work on the other devices. So how, that's how I started. <laughs> Then, uh, of course, the 
you know, it was the time of uh, boom of the digital distribution. So we were starting to uh, creating our own small games, and then I, you know, take uh, take the part of in this as a designer, uh, and then I switched to the other company. <laughs> And then I was giving lectures about the game design because, you know, in Poland, there was no such a schools. Uh, when I was young, there was nothing like this. I, I don't just, I can't imagine that I will be working in a game dev company when I grow up. So everything happens. And now they are looking for the guys like, like us, uh, for, for someone who, you know, uh, take the experience. But learning, uh, but learn themselves, and now they are, you know, uh, trying to get us to the university to teach the the new wave of the designers. So yeah, that's what the, the episode of in my life when I was working for the Silesian University and giving lectures about the game design for for students. And it's because uh, some of them, I uh, some of them actually get the job in the industry, and I can, you know. Sometimes I'm uh, bumping on someone, on some of my students, on the, for example, E3 or something. So it's very cool. Yeah, and just to finish the story, I know uh, one guy here from Bluebird team, and he told me about the idea of the Observer, about the idea of making a cyberpunk horror game, and asked me if I want to join the team. I said yes. <laughs> yeah, there and you go. Now the rest we... is history. Okay, I'm Dominika, I'm a game designer, uh, and uh, I worked uh, for a few years as a game journalist. Uh, and uh, then uh, I applied for a position here, uh, at game, for a game design position at Liberty. And uh, I end up here, and I'm, I've worked here for a few years now, uh, for uh, two years actually. Uh, so. Yeah, that's my story. I've made a few small projects during my studies, but uh, Observer um, is actually my first big title. Uh, I've done a few things uh, working at Layers of Fears, but uh, Observer is my, you know, is the project where where I was since the beginning. So, yeah. Fantastic. Well, welcome to the show, Dominika. All right, Sebastian, you're up. Yes, my name is Sebastian. I environment artist. Uh, I work in Uber team two years. Uh, before I work uh, on Richard Free. Uh, um, I work in game dev uh, ten years about I think. Uh, I always make graphic uh, and environment. I definitely want to talk about the environment art, which is beautiful. I mean, the game has a very beautiful atmospheric look to it. Uh, everything is so atmospheric. The story, the the music, the the game, the the art. So we're definitely going to talk about that as we, as we continue on with the podcast. Okay, cool. So uh, why don't we talk a little bit about um, Bluebird Team? And that's such an interesting name, by the way, Bluebird. Where where did that come from? Where where does the name Bluebird come from? Is that a Polish word or something? Uh, no, it's uh, from uh, our game, which was called uh, Blub. Blub. Yeah, Blub. Blub. 
Yeah, I think, you know, <laughs> the, the company, we are not working from the beginning of the company because it was started in... Uh, 2008, actually. Yeah, uh -huh. <laughs> so it's an old company. They, uh, at we, the beginning, they was making, I think, uh, Nintendo DS games and yeah. work for hire. And one of their first titles was called something like Bloob, 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 yeah, Bloober. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So they Bloop. called the company yeah. the Bloober team, and that's okay. how it started. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Okay, cool. Yeah, I see that it was founded in 2008 by two gentlemen, both named Peter. Is that correct? Yeah, that's okay. right. And they were basically Peter. doing contract work for, for other larger studios or? Okay. Mm -hmm. And then decided to do their own thing, huh? Yeah, that, that's right. Uh, so they made a few games uh, that wasn't super successful. And then uh, the team uh, was, you know... With idea of Layers of Fear. Yeah, because we yeah are Layers of Fear did really well. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, we are horror fans, so we want to make something spooky. Yeah. Uh, and uh, so they started with the layers of fear. Uh, I wasn't here at, at the beginning of the project because uh, when I joined the company and I started working exactly on the Observer, and the company was finishing layers of fear uh, at the same time. Uh, but you know, we have a lot of horror fans, and, and after also yeah, horror games and horrors. So. Yeah, and after the success of Layers of Fear, we decided that we should focus on this because you know we are good. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. In this field, and there is not so many you know horror horror making uh, gay companies. Mm -hmm. Of course, uh, there is a niche here, so we were we are trying to fill the gap here, and we are trying to create something different. Something more meaningful. Yeah. Yeah, something yeah. we call it a hidden horror. Uh, so because most of the games, you know, when you have a movies like a drama or I don't know science fiction stuff and some, you have a lot of subgenres, uh, but not in horror for for the. Yeah. For Nobody the survival the horror, and that's it. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, survival. So we are making something that is more psychological, uh, more focused uh, on the story. So basically, at the I know the hidden horror uh, should be focused uh, in our definition, of course, uh, should be focusing on two two aspects, like the subject of the game. So yeah. our games are always talking about something. <laughs> For example, Layer Sophia was talking uh, about the art and family. Yeah, correct. About art versus family. You know, right. you have, it's more important. Yeah. yeah. And the observer is, of course, talking about the uh, human boundaries, about what is making us human. So yeah, the, very cyberpunk. the boundary between human and the machine. Yeah. So every hour game will talk about one it's specific subject, topic. and everything in the game uh, is, you know, just made to bump up the subject. Yeah. So yeah. Uh, the music, uh, the art style, and everything is 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 there just <laughs> just for it. And Great. we want our game uh, to have something we call the catharsis. Uh, and of course, we are talking about this subject and we want to create a lot of emotions, a lot of different questions, and we will never answer this question. <laughs> it's for player to decide, uh, what, 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 is it good or bad, the, mm -hmm. the choice? 
cool. So let's talk a little bit about cyberpunk. So why cyberpunk? Now, I know why cyberpunk. I'm a huge cyberpunk fan. Like, I can't get enough of it. Whenever I hear somebody tell me cyberpunk is dead, I'm like, are you kidding me? Just look around you. It's like popular books and movies still cyberpunk stories. They've just changed. They aren't the old school Japanese cyberpunk anymore. But cyberpunk is still very much alive. In fact, I've I tend to think we're kind of living cyberpunk in some ways. You know, that's if you're a pessimist like me, cyberpunk is our future. It's the dark future, you know, the dystopian future. It's the blend of humans and technology and big corporations and greed and government corruption. What why did you guys choose cyberpunk? What you know, was it because of the did, did cyberpunk get chosen first and then the story was built around it or was the story come up with and then cyberpunk was how did how did you mesh all that together and why cyberpunk i guess okay so the exact idea came from our uh, script writer from andre who is not here today with us uh, but he was pitching to games uh, uh, yeah. for the bosses <laughs> and one of them was was the observer of course <laughs> and all the team just loved the idea of the mix of cyberpunk and horror there was like okay uh, can you you know call any game that mixes those both <laughs> genres. It's hard to you know, find something, so we decided that, okay, we want to do this. So the story was quite different back then, uh, but uh, the cyberpunk horror was the main theme for us when we started to making the game. Mm-hmm. So just everyone loves the idea of mixing this, yeah. those two. Yeah. Yeah, and I, you know, I think I see some Blade Runner in, influences in there. I know there's a part at the very beginning when you're walking into the apartment building and you see a flying police car or something go by, and it looks very much like something right out of Blade Runner. Did you guys, did you guys use a lot of things like Blade Runner? Did you source a lot of materials that were, you know, other cyberpunk movies and games uh, just to kind of help influence, you know, come up with your own ideas? Yeah, yeah, yeah of course. We 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 are using a lot of, uh, you know glimpses to our players with uh, a lot of Gibson's, like Gibson's our... books yeah yeah, yeah. Neuromancer yeah. and yeah, yeah. Lisa right. Overdrive yeah yeah the other inspiration was also of course the Akira Ghost in the yeah. Shell yeah all that stuff yeah yeah we did a lot a lot a lot of Philip K. Dick and but we uh, but we twisted in our way you know mm-hmm. so even like uh, even the car is actually a police car there, uh, Polish. I'm sorry, it's police car in the Observer, but uh-huh. it's based on a Polish model. Uh, model of Polones. Yeah. Right. So he was trying to, you know, uh, get something familiar for the players so they yeah. can, you know, understand and uh, and then mix it up with our own ideas and our own Polish culture. Yeah, and the actual the building itself is also based on the real building when uh, we were one of our game designers actually lived. <laughs> cool. And so you guys got Rutger Howard to do the voice acting for the main for the protagonist. How did that work out? How did you get him? Okay, so we was also surprised <laughs> back then because you know uh, we got uh, the uh, some talent agency in the United States. And they sent us some list of actors that they can uh, get in touch with to have them. And the, and the Rutger was on this list. <laughs> so, of course, it was a very choice. <laughs> obvious yeah. choice for us. Okay, Rutger Hour, Blade Runner, okay. Yeah. <laughs> and he replied. <laughs> 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 so, <Okay. laughs> Perfect. So, uh, 
uh, in one of the uh, one of the days, they, uh, the boss called me and told me that okay, we are flying to the Amsterdam to talk with Rudger about about the game. So I was of course really surprised and happy, you know, as as a child, <laughs> because for me it was also like a, I'm just a typical guy, you know. I, it was for me it was a big adventure to go there, and I even, you know, at the beginning I was super happy. Then when the day of the flight comes, I was really nervous. <laughs> yeah. So I was with my notes about I had to say to Rudger who who will who who will. He will be in the game and mm -hmm. and all the stuff, uh, but he uh, happens to be a really nice guy. <laughs> so he meets us with, without any you know any uh, agents or something. Mm -hmm. Just like uh, me, my two bosses and him, <laughs> and we was showing the game for uh, showing the game, and I was talking about the story about uh, his character, about the conflict in the game, and, and he said, yeah. <laughs> so then he, you know, uh, came to Poland, to, and he was working with us uh, here in the studio at, in Krakow. Cool. Yes, so... it was really cool adventure for every one of us, because we, <laughs> everyone in Bluebird was like his fan. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> I can imagine. Cool. So let's yeah, talk so a little bit about the actual game design, uh, specifically what you and Dominika worked on for Observer. What What is it like designing for a game like Observer, designing that psychological horror, creating a sense of dread in a player, but not necessarily jump scares and, you know, like aliens popping out of the wall or whatever. But how do you create that atmosphere? And then on top of that, just, you know, in general, what, what are the gameplay mechanics? What, why don't you just give us like a... Uh, elevator pitch of uh, observers' gameplay, kind of like what you would would ex how you would describe it to somebody. Okay, so the most important part in the observer is of course the dream eater. So this cable that lets you hack uh, other people's minds. Yeah, minds and and brains of the victims. So that I think is something that shapes the view on the observer. So when you think observer, you are thinking about the guy connecting to the uh, dead brains and 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 bodies to uh, oh, to their memories. Yeah, that that's right. So this is the most uh, important part of the game. So the delimiter sequences are there, and they are you know giving us a lot of opportunities to mess with the players' heads to the to do this all the all those crazy stuff there. So I think this was mo most most important and, and most challenging probably. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's right, and uh, the second thing that we are trying to, you know, get as good as we can in our games is uh, the immersion. We are trying, as you can see in the Observer, you can literally open almost all the doors or the shelves, uh, call to the other doors, and you can see your own body there. Is it in a small open world? Yeah, it's like a small open world, so mm -hmm. for us, horror game the immersion is the most important to just you to transport you there and scare the shit out of you <laughs> yeah and i i also noticed one of the other mechanics was the scanners that you can you can switch to two different kinds of scanners to like kind of test the crime scene or whatever figure out what what each piece of evidence might be to help you figure out what's going on mm-hmm 
And so what, what part of, so like, can you, can you walk me through your day as a designer? Say Dominica, what, what is your day like as a game designer? What, what is it that you, you come into work, you've had your coffee or whatever, your tea, you sit down at your computer and you start designing. Describe that. Okay. But usually I don't do this on my own. I mean, um, it works like that. Um, we are, we as a team of designers, because uh, at uh, Observer, uh, there were three of us, right? Mm -hmm. uh, Wojtek, me, and Pavel, which is also absent and now. And uh, we've, uh, uh, <laughs> three, the three of us uh, meet uh, at the conference room and we discuss uh, new ideas, new mechanics, we go through all gameplay scenario, you know, to tweak things, to debate whether it's good or not, uh, to put, for example, uh, a scare jump here, uh, go through all the flow, you know, to try to work it through so that the game would be the best and the player would be the most satisfied with the outcome. So. That's a typical day uh, of uh, of mine, uh, but it's uh, in a production in pre-production phase, and uh, there there are also a production phase where we the three of us working at the engine, you know, tweaking things and adding stuff like you know scans, yeah, mm -hmm. and and so on. So yeah, yeah. And you guys use Unreal Engine four, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So and I assume we, you had to be comfortable with Unreal doing stuff in there with their tools for like the scans and all that like do you implement those yourself or how does that work out there, there were smaller things that we implement ourselves yeah how does the level yeah, level creation work like do you do you guys build like a gray box level and then pass it off to the art team or you just do it on paper and then the art team takes over from there uh, so uh, we are i think here in bluebird the most important part of our designer work is, is to work closely with the script writers because our games are very narrative-driven. Narrative narrative, yeah, yes. yeah, that's right. So at the beginning, when you know, when we have an empty card, we are talking with uh, with the script writers who have the story to tell, and then we have to turn the story into the gameplay, of course, <laughs> mm -hmm. because we couldn't have and only dialogues and, and stuff. So. So our first mission is to you know to get the story and make it playable <laughs> and make it fun. <laughs> yeah. Right. Yeah, fun. That's the keyword always. Cool. So uh, then so from there then I guess we would go to the art team and they begin creating the level and making it look pretty over time and that's where Sebastian comes in. Let's talk about that yeah. a little bit. Let's talk about that workflow. You know, what tools you use. Uh, I I'm going to guess as an environment artist you're probably using 3ds Max. Am I right? Yes, yes. Okay, yeah. So that's what I used. I used to, you know, it's funny, you're a man after my own heart. I used to be an environment artist. That's what I did for many years uh, at several studios. So, And I used Max. I was definitely a 3DS Max guy at that time. So why don't you talk a little bit about that workflow? How does it begin? Do you start with a gray box? Does the art director start it for you? Do you just come in and beautify? Like, who, where does that process begin and end? When we have uh, low-poly object le le level from uh, le level art or uh, level design, 
we get this uh, we get with this to concept artists uh, and they make uh, first uh, look how that must look like and uh, mm -hmm. then we thinking about uh, technical uh, what we can do or what we can uh, make better than they propose us uh, we try to keep uh, this in a simple mesh uh, and based on material, uh, displacement or roughness uh, normal, uh, because we have small team uh, and we don't have time to make high poly object. And, uh, and uh, we try to make uh, our system to to keep it simple. You know, right. Material. Right. Because you're 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 building for multiple platforms, right? So it, uh, Observer is available on consoles too, right? So you have to optimize. You have to, you have to optimize. You have to be careful about draw calls and draw distance and things like that. Do you do you use a physically based workflow? So do you use metallic and roughness in your materials? Uh, yes, we use roughness. Uh, metallic mm -hmm. use uh, sometimes for small objects. That's cool. And you mentioned to me earlier uh, before the interview that you guys also use Marmoset. Is that, uh, but you also use Substance. So Marmoset and Substance are both kind of for the same thing, aren't they? They're both material tools, right? Yes, yes, yes. But uh, we use uh, this only for a small object, uh, mm -hmm. dedicated, not for uh, environment and not for uh, foliage and everything. Only for small OK, so just for props, like yes, only for props. Yes, yes, yes. Because we have not time, not have time to make uh, all objects in uh, substance or uh, uh, the programs. Uh, we create uh, our base material uh, to create uh, our in uh, small uh, in chose chosen for material. Uh, sometimes we use. Uh, Max to create uh, base mesh to reference design, sometimes to make high poly from make materials, sometimes, sometimes to make collision uh, in an object. Okay. okay, cool. And then I'm guessing from there, from the art team, after they've put it all together, it comes kind of back to the design team for you guys to implement gameplay and stuff? Mm, yes, uh, the very important guy here is uh, our art director, uh, who is working closely with us, with the designers, uh, with the graphical artists, and with the level designers. I think he's the guy who you know takes everything from everyone, <laughs> uh, uh -huh. and he's like uh, he has the last word on uh, on, on everything. And, and we are not the level designers, but of course, me and Dominika was hoping with the level design. When you know okay. we are when we finished our paperwork, yeah. <laughs> so then we switch to the small you know level designers. We are playing the game, giving their feedback, and then sometimes right. we are messing uh, in the engine yeah. ourselves. Yeah, <laughs> adding to gotcha. Okay, stuff, stuff. Yeah, yeah, and you know, add, helping because, yeah. yeah, and okay, I, I'm always uh, also helping with you know mesh. <laughs> And I, I like to, you know, decorating stuff in the game. Yeah, it's quite <laughs> fun. <laughs> yeah, at, at the last, yeah. last days. So I, I, or I don't know, I get on the level and, and say like, okay, it would be better when this light will be flicking or something. Yeah, <laughs> that's uh, mm -hmm. what I'm doing at the end to, you know, to spice up the game. And Dominica was also helping with, with the dialogues and, uh, and uh, mm -hmm. all the triggers that, you know, 
uh, calls some events in the game. So that's how, yeah, that's I've, what we do. I've implemented uh, dialogues, uh, almost I think all the dialogues to mm -hmm. all the games. Yeah. Yeah. So at the end, it was doing like you know, it will be better when someone is uh, saying it faster, and we was you know. <laughs> Messing right. with, with the stuff there, yeah. so we have a never-ending work <laughs> because yeah, for cool. us the, the game is never ready. Yeah? There is always something that we can do better and better. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's art for you. Art, art is never finished, as they say. So cool. So do you guys use what kind of? You you mentioned that you work together as a team uh, as game designers rather than kind of sitting off in your own little worlds, which makes perfect sense. Do you guys use any kind of like uh, agile development techniques? How do you work as an entire studio together? Like, how does the interdepartmental communication work? How, how are your milestones set and your goals? Like, how do you structure when you're, you know, making the game? How do you work on it? Okay, so of course, uh, uh, it depends on the publisher, but uh, as you said, we are having a milestones for typical milestones like alpha, beta, and so on. So we are just, you know, trying to deliver on time, <laughs> of course. So we are you know, mostly in the studio, so we don't have any strict, you know, corporate uh, uh, systems, systems <laughs> yeah. or, or something like uh -huh. that. And we love it here, of course. <laughs> uh, and the people in the company are happy because, you know, it's not like uh, in the bigger, bigger companies that you are a small cog somewhere and have to do on the own. Yeah. Here in Blueberry you can talk to everyone, say that I don't know, something is bad <laughs> and no one, you know, yeah. no one. So you're free to just go like over to the art team and talk to them or go over to the programming team and talk to them. So it's more of an organic type situation. Yeah, yeah, that's right. So of course we are trying to plan everything, but of course estimations sure. are estimations. So it's, yeah. <laughs> it's not always, right. it's not always going well. Or sometimes it's going uh, well. You should know <laughs> what we mean. <laughs> yeah, yeah, definitely. I mean, well, the game shows it. The game shows that you guys work well together as a team. The game shows that you had a great idea. It's doing really well on Steam. Uh, I'm enjoying playing it myself. You've done a fantastic job. So whatever it is you're doing, you're doing it doing it very well. Um, <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> let's talk just briefly like about the beginning process again. I want to jump back to the beginning because I did skip over some stuff there. Like how did so you know we talked about how it was a script first. It was a story by your your scriptwriter, and then it went from there. So like what was the what were the first steps as the lead game designer? What were the first steps of designing this game? Was it a, a design bible? Did you write it on paper? Uh, you know, or on the computer, or did you just, you know, start jumping right into having prototypes created? How how did that process start out? Okay, so first we was uh, uh, working on this story, of course, uh, and the rest of the team was, you know, because the Layers of Fear was made with the Unity engine, so we decided to switch on for for the un, to the Unreal, yeah, for the for the Observer to have, you know, uh, better quality. Yeah. <laughs> Yes, to have more more powerful engine and have more more powerful toys toys to play with. Yeah. So we uh, and our producer and the scriptwriter was you know actually spending a lot of days or months maybe in the conference room talking about the game, about the events in the game, yeah, about uh, the gameplay and the story and you know yeah and the designing these two yeah and, mm -hmm. and we was uh, thinking what we can do. Like you said, we we invented you know the 
discover stuff, the dreameters, because the, there was no dreameters at the beginning of the project. So at the beginning, the observer was the game about the detective. <laughs> But yeah. he was, it was much simpler. Yeah, it was much simpler than that it ended, of course. Yeah. So, uh, but the game was like, okay, like, a, you know, have a game about the cyberpunk detective. And there was, of course, it was cool, but we feel that we need to have something more. So we designed the, the, the Dream Eater and all these crazy sequences and, uh, and stuff there. Yeah. So that's how we started. Uh, then we of course okay, cool. prototype first. Uh, After that, the Reven then make uh, placeholder, uh, and yeah. we graphics uh, make first uh, material shaders and uh, basic technical how we how we can make this and uh, what is uh, what we must optimization or, or what uh, must do. And we we have this basic idea of uh, tenement building, so you have you know. Yeah, the, right. yeah, from the beginning, it was like a game about interrogating uh, the other tenants through the doors. Yeah, so that was the first idea and it, and it's still in the game. And I think that those dialogues are one of the best parts of the game. Cool. All right. Well, I think we're about out of time today, but let me let me finish the show by first asking you one last question. And that is, do you have any advice for, for anyone out there who's who's trying to do what you guys do and, you know, make a game like this or, or just get into making indie games at all? Do you have any advice to offer them? Of course. So I can say for myself that, you know, uh, you can be just the same kid who is playing the games uh, in front of your <laughs> in, in front of your TV screen and then just try to find some game dev company and then try to learn, try to get the, any position you can, tester, I don't know, whatever. It's just good to you know be a good guy and find a studio there and try to you know, climb this ladder to make a better and better games. It worked for me, so I started as a tester. Yeah. You did? Okay, yeah. Okay. See, that's when I was professional, that was a way to get in as well, for especially for game design. And I'm glad to hear that that's still kind of a good way to get in. <laughs> yeah, it was, you know, like nine years ago, of course, but I started with making, you know, small games, like mobile games, and then switch higher and higher. And, yep. and I, I was good. Uh, I was a good designer. So, and I always, always want to make a horror game. So that when my friend told me about, you know, the cyberpunk horror game, I was okay. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Sign me up. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, and something that, sorry, i just uh, say one more thing, uh, that I was always talking this to our, to my students, you know, it's not super, I think, important to have some design study. It's important to, you know, uh, try to make something on your own. Uh, you know, I, from the kit, I was, you know, trying to, using even the uh, game editors, making my own, I don't know, companies for StarCraft, WarCraft, and everything I can. <laughs> so, uh, in my opinion, the guy after a few years of the game design study is not as good as one who, you know, make two or three modes for different games. So, uh, yeah, in my experience always trumps education. Yeah, yeah. That's, of course, education is great, but, yep. but, uh, but uh, in game dev, I think it's most important to, you know, to try something, to build something, even fail, but learn. Yeah, I also yeah. say the same thing. 
we should uh, you as a future the developer, future designer should work your own projects. Yeah, should create something, learn the engine, and you should have no problems with finding work in the industry. Yeah. yeah. Great advice. And I think in smart studio we can make something better than in big company. Is my opinion. Yeah. <laughs> Definitely, you definitely the smaller studios and one-man shops even oftentimes make more creative games because the bigger companies obviously have to be more risk-averse and they have to stick to their franchises. And So before I let you go, one last thing. Why don't we tell everyone that's listening where they can get Observer, you know, what's your Twitter and Facebook, like how they can contact you on social media and stuff, but, but most importantly, uh, where they can go to get Observer. Of course, it depends on the platform, but the Observer is uh, it's a digital title that can be downloaded on Steam, uh, PlayStation Store, Xbox Store. Cool. Yeah. All right. And then uh, where can they reach out to uh, Bloober Team or yourself, like Twitter, Facebook, that sort of stuff? What's the game site? I, I assume Observer is uh, observer-game.com, I think it is. Is that right? Yes, that's right. Okay. And then Bloober Team would be... Bloober, ah, okay. <laughs> just these, just that easy. All right. I should have known that. Great. Cool. Okay. So our Twitter account is also as simple as Bloober Team. Yeah. All right. Well, this was a fantastic interview. I learned a lot about uh, Observer and how you guys put it together. I know my audience did, and I'm sure they appreciate it. Okay. Thank you so thanks. very much. Thank yeah. It's really nice time for us also. So thanks, everyone. Yeah. Bye. Bye. All right, well, there goes Bloober Team from Krakow, Poland. I want to thank them once again for being on the show today. And I know you guys appreciated the information they provided. I hope you learned something about the creation of their Game Observer and some of the workflow there. Thanks for being here and listening in, and we hope you will catch us on the next show. I'm your host, Matthew Doyle, for the Autodesk Game Dev Podcast. We'll catch you next time. You've been listening to the Autodesk Game Dev Podcast. Thanks for listening. You can find more stories like this at area.autodesk.com or subscribe to Game Dev on iTunes. You can also follow us on Twitter at ADSK Game Dev or follow the Autodesk Game Dev Facebook page.